We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Friday. Heading into what could be a busy weekend as trade buzz continues to, to grow. We're getting closer and closer to the NBA trade deadline coming up February 9th. I can't wait, Keith. It, it feel, every day we're getting a little bit more and a little bit more buzz, and it feels like teams are getting a little bit more realistic about what it is that they're looking for on the market. I can't wait. I'm starting to get more optimistic that some stuff's really going to happen. I hope, I hope this doesn't end in heartbreak where we get a, a dud of a deadline because I'm starting to feel more optimistic now than I did a week ago that we're going to see some action. Yeah, I am too. I think, you know, talking to people around the league, it's still, everybody's kind of waiting on Toronto. We're going to get into that a little bit, but there is a lot more stuff coming out because as everyone basically says is it's, um, it's like teams are just getting realistic about where they are right now. Like teams that are kind of sitting in the middle are saying like, all right, you know, we're going to be, uh, you know, maybe not making the playoffs. So we're going to really make a real run and those sorts of things. And that that's what starts getting the market moving. So, yeah, hopefully here in the next uh, uh, little bit. I am kind of in the mode now where, like, every night when I go to bed, I assume I'm just going to wake up to, you know, 15 notifications and missed texts and everything else from from the people who, uh, who are up overnight waiting for these Woj bombs to drop. Keith, we're at a point where my wife told me uh, right before we started the show here, you know, she said, hey, do you think we can get in a, a Costco run this afternoon? And I just <laughs> had that fear like sink in that that, oh, well, we could. But but oh, God, what if something happens <laughs> like it, it could happen at, at any moment? Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, we've hit that point of the year where grocery store trips become dangerous uh, in, in our line of work when uh, <laughs> when we're dealing with this situation. But let's let's start. You mentioned it. Let's start right there with Toronto. Um, all eyes on on the Raptors. What is going on? Uh, why is it that everything seems to be dependent upon the Raptors? Is it just the is it just market dynamics? Is it the quality of the players they have? What's what's the story here? A little bit of both. I think it is they more or less there's been enough reporting around it that I believe it's true that they basically said, Hey, we're gonna take this West Coast trip. We're gonna see where we stand on it, and then we will kind of regroup after that and in that trip has not been a wild success i think it was a seven game trip and they they're like 
lucky if they finish over 500 on the trip. So I think now it's everybody's like, Garrett, hey, is was that enough for you? They are, as we record this Friday afternoon, they are 23 and 30. They are two games behind the Bulls for the final spot in the play-in tournament. And that's play-in tournament, not even playoffs. And they are only two and a half games ahead of Orlando. Uh, so they're not that far from like really landing themselves into pretty good lottery odds yeah. or into a pretty good first round pick. And if you start moving some of those veteran guys, you're going to be in an even better place for that. And when you've got guys like OG Ananobi, who I know we're going to talk about in depth here, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., maybe Pascal Siakam available. You're, you're looking at those are swing pieces that could make a major, major difference to an acquiring team. So the Raptors right now, they are two and three on their road trip wins over the Sacramento Kings and the Blazers losses to the Warriors, Suns and Jazz. They do have the Rockets tonight. I, I think there should just be it. This should just be a hard line here. If they lose to the Rockets, the sale is on. Right, like that. That should. <laughs> sure. I, I think that that should oh, be the clear, clear, clear yeah. indication. Right. If that if that happens, then one hundred percent they go into into sell mode. But do you think there's a chance? Because we've seen the Raptors do this in the past, where they've had discussions and Masai Ujiri ultimately doesn't decide to to pull the trigger on anything. Could that be the kind of deadline that we head in, into for the Raptors where they, even if they are exploring the market, they ultimately just go, eh, we're not going to do anything right now and decide to wait? Or do you think the fact that Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, these guys are going to be out of contract after the season, think that pushes them into action? Hey, it gets possible. I, I think you could see them say, hey, just things got a little away from us. Uh, there's a lot of talk. Guys aren't maybe real happy with Nick Nurse. Maybe that's the change that happens, uh, you know, there instead. And if that's the way they want to go, you could see them very easily talking themselves into, hey, we like our guys. Let's let's keep them. Let's try to build uh, around this group. Let's see what it looks like. Or maybe they look at it and say, yeah, we kind of like what might be available in the summer to us a little bit more than what's available today at the deadline. Because none of these guys are surefire, like that dude's out at the end of the season type of players where you know for certain and those are the ones where you blow that and now you've missed a complete opportunity so i think this is more of a situation where it is yeah we could do something and in my opinion they they should um but i could see them very easily saying eh, let's let's hang on here a little bit and see see what what comes of this I also feel like they should, but I'm trying to be aware of my own bias because there's selfish <laughs> reasons in it. Like they absolutely should should make a massive blockbuster deadline trade because that's more fun for us. Sure. So yeah, without a that's, doubt. That, that's mixed into it as well. But yeah, my right. own personal opinion is almost always going to be make big trades because those that's are fun right. to, to break down and dive into. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make big trades and don't don't fake us out with the Saban Lee. <laughs> apologies again to Saban Lee shouts to so many people on both Twitter and like in the show comments that that you know it, it one it warms our heart you guys like are that deep on the run through and watch through yeah. uh right because I was that was like smack in the middle of the show how many how many people noticed and saw that like I that that, that really made it re made made me re-laugh all over again the, the other if night. if you didn't listen to or watch our last show what we're talking about is in the middle of our show we both got a notification from shams and it starts by saying the phoenix suns have 
and we both got a little, you know, you, you could see the disappointment <laughs> and the, the the excitement that we initially had then the letdown when it turned out it was just the Suns were signing Saban Lee. Uh, we thought it, this was like the Phoenix Suns have traded Jay Crowder, you know, like we were expecting that big, big uh, move that we were, uh, we've been waiting on. We thought, thought it was there, but uh, it was not. We got faked out. Saban Lee, now part of the front office show history forever. That's right. That's right. All right, let's talk about uh, one trade that uh, that well maybe could actually go down here. At least there's there's been discussions that the, that's uh, my Lakers and the Jazz have been talking about a Russell Westbrook trade. This is coming from Chris Haynes. Uh, Keith, what what do you think this kind of a deal would look like? I, I would assume the Jazz aren't necessarily trading for Russell Westbrook, the player. They'd be looking for the expiring contract as well as picking up some assets for. I mean, any number, there's so many different players that could be in the mix from Utah. Yeah, that that's the thing where this gets really kind of complicated is almost like, who would you want back? We know the Jazz, by all reports, have basically said Lori Market and Walker, Kessler, Ochai, Egbaji, all off the table. And that's that's fine, right? None of those guys are guys I think the – I mean – of course, the Lakers would love to have Markinen or Kessler, um, yeah. but that's just not where where they're they're looking right now. So, Mike Conley, Malik Beasley, uh, Rudy Gay, Jordan Clarkson, Jared Vanderbilt, like some combination probably of two or three of those players is my guess. One is probably need to get to two, if not three, just to make the math work for the salary matching uh, on that. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, you could throw in that mix too yeah. if they, they they wanted to go that way. So that's where. To your point is, yeah, the Jazz aren't super, I think, enthused about Westbrook, the player. My guess is that if this went down, that could be one where it just turns into a buyout and it's, hey, we're going to set you free and let you go join whoever you want. But I think what happens um, on their side, it's you're giving us both first round picks because what I don't think has changed around the league is the sense of it's a pick to get off Ross. Then it's a pick for whatever you're acquiring in the deal. Uh, for him and that's 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 kind of i think the going rate right now i maybe right it's it's danny ainge so you know on the other side it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden it was well you know we hated to give up you know lonnie walker or austin reeves but but we had to do it because you know we're getting these four guys back who can really really play that it just wouldn't shock me because i don't i don't see danny ainge rushing to you know hey let's do the lakers favors but getting two first round picks would be pretty good uh, yeah. in that for maybe a bunch of guys who I don't know how long their future is in Utah anyway. So, and for the Lakers, obviously this would be the idea of we split that Russ contract up into two or three, maybe some of the money carries into next year. Maybe it doesn't, but we're splitting it up into two or three really good rotation guys. And then you're really looking at and saying, all right, we feel pretty good about our nine, 10 man rotation for the rest of the regular season and headed into what we hope is a playoff run. Now, the, the Lakers, Rob Pelinka has consistently said that the only way they're moving both of the picks is if they they do something that makes them a, a contender, a, a true contender to win a championship. That's the only way they'll part with both of those assets. Do you think that kind of a deal, if it's Mike Conley, Malik Beasley, and whatever, Rudy Gay, just stack some, some names together, it, does that clear that bar for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly puts you closer, I think. It, it's It's... It's just so hard with, with the Lakers because you, you, you on the one hand, you want to say, what are they today? They're 25 and 28. They are three games out of fourth. So that sounds really good, right? Only being three games out of fourth, especially considering how this season has gone for them uh, to this point. But then you look at it and it's, 
there's still 12. So that's a whole yeah. bunch of teams you have to climb over. And in the playing tournament, almost no matter how good of a team you are, if you have a bad night, you're out. Like, like that could be it. Like, and that's, that's the, the tough part of this whole thing uh, for, for them is they, I think you would have to feel really confident of we're going to at least get in seven, eight and have a real crack at, you know, two games to make it in. And then, and then I think if you're the Lakers, you, you obviously know, Hey, the path's going to be tough now. Right. Cause unless we can't get up to fourth, like we're, we're probably realistically maybe six, seven or eight, and you're facing three series on the road to even get to the finals and all that. But it's, it's one of those where it's, it's hard because you don't want to look like on the one hand, like, Hey, we're, we're giving up on the season. But on the other hand, I don't think you want to be in a spot where it is, I don't know. Is this the all-in kind of trade to make? Like it, that. That this is a tough one for for the Lakers to to go. I tend to think that's probably why. There, I don't think a rush trade is the way. I think it's probably gonna be we're just gonna ride that one out and see what it looks like unless something really unexpected pops up. Yeah, they they would essentially need to find somebody who values Westbrook as an expiring contract and isn't gonna make them pay that first round pick just for the indignity of having Russell Westbrook on their roster or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to find that team. And if they can't, then I don't know that a rush trade makes sense. Like you said, to give up a first just to move Russell West doesn't seem like that is something worth, that's worthwhile for the Lakers to do, but we'll see ultimately what they decide and if this is something that um, that would really work for them to go and add, you know, three, maybe four different players that could potentially be part of their their rotation. So something to keep an eye on here as we as we move forward. Interesting, though, that they have had these talks, again, according to to Chris Haynes, and that um, the Lakers do seem to believe that they're, you know, a move or two away from really making a run here. Just depends on what that move is. All right, let's jump over to the Suns. The Suns, I, I've seen a lot of fans talking about this. Should they move on from Chris Paul? Should they find another point guard to go plug in? But the Suns are saying they're they're not trading Chris Paul right now. They're not moving on from him. I don't know, like what? I don't know that they really could flip Chris Paul for a whole lot right now. Anyway, they're probably better off just hanging on to him, right? Yeah, I'm laughing because I don't know if the mic's picking it up, but the dog is snoring extremely <laughs> loud on the floor next to me. Um, he's, bo- he's bored with, with that's Chris it. Paul he, he's done. Yeah, he's like, can we have some action, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, it it is. It's weird to to think that. I, I think that would almost have to be. It's funny. I was listening to to a couple uh, different podcasts where they said like maybe in like a three team trade where they're getting something good and Chris Paul's going off to. I think the Clippers were the team that was like predominantly mentioned, a team that's mm-hmm. known to be looking for a point guard. So send Chris Paul there and then go you know here and here and then that's you know where where they can you know kind of Chris rebalance Paul back to the Clippers. That's interesting. yeah, and that and this was not any reporting. This was mm-hmm. more of a one of those was like hey let's make up some fake trades and see what you yeah. think about it kind of conversations that, that might have been with zach Lowe and kevin pelton it, it, now that i think about it uh but it's one of those things where yeah if you're the sons i don't know you you can't you're certainly not a seller right so you're not just moving him to move him you've got to get something back and the problem is if you're one of these contending teams like you're not trading your point guard for Chris Paul, most likely. Um, so then that turns into, all right, so, you know, Chris Paul for Fred Van Vliet. Why would the Raptors be super interested in that? I don't know that right. they would be. And that's where it just gets a little wonky. So I tend to believe, like, 
Rockies. It's probably not a Suns won't trade Chris Paul. Uh, Chris Paul is off the trading block as much as the Suns aren't trading Chris Paul. And I think that's kind of the way the message is being spent. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, those seem to be that way. Those seem to be that way. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about the Jazz already, but the Blazers are a team that could be interested in Jared Vanderbilt. You know, it's interesting, Keith, because over the summer, Jared Vanderbilt was, we were hearing, he was like the guy that they didn't want to move, right? If the mm-hmm. Jazz were going to flip pieces, it wasn't going to be Jared Vanderbilt. And now, as Walker Kessler has really come into his own, man, he is turning heads around the league right now. Unbelievable. Um, Jared Vanderbilt has become more and more available to the point where now I've, I've seen some people who have been, been saying that Jared Vanderbilt is the most likely jazz player to be traded at, at this point. So what are your thoughts on that? And then on, uh, on the Blazers as a potential landing spot. Yeah. Super easy to move him because his contract's so small. So, yeah. so that's always factors into when you start talking about most tradable or most likely to be traded contract is a huge part of that in Jared Vanderbilt's deal is extremely small. So I, I get it. He can also play, right? He's a really good rebounder, pretty rugged defender, and he's actually a pretty good passer. The Jazz ran a lot of stuff through him early in the year when he was playing a lot more. Uh, scoring and shooting, that's not not his strong points, but if you're a team that's like, okay, we need one more big in our rotation, Jared Vanderbilt's probably a perfect fit for you know 90% of the teams in the entire NBA. So I, I get it. I get the idea behind it. Um, for Portland, this one is interesting because there's some reporting out there that the Blazers are acting more as buyers than sellers. I think this is a good buy for them because he's he's uh, young enough that it really makes sense where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, if we bring in Jared Vanderbilt, he can be a part of what we're doing here for the next few years. Whereas like if they go out and trade for some 10, 12 year veteran guy, that to me is like to do what again, maybe kind of just cause it's the West. Maybe you get into the playing tournament. Like where are we going from there with that? And that's where that, that can get a little messy and kind of get sideways on you very quickly. But Vanderbilt for them, sure. They, they don't have a whole lot at the four. I'm on that team. Jeremy Grant plays the four for them mostly. Yeah. And he's pretty undersized to, to, to be a four. So I, I, I don't, mind at all Vanderbilt and we just found out Yusuf Nurkic is going to be out uh, through the all-star break with a strange calf so yeah if you if you're if you're not quitting on the season there's far worse moves you can make than getting Jared Vanderbilt what do you think fair value is on a, on a player like Jared Vanderbilt I would assume that you're not touching any of the 
I mean, you're not getting into any of the key young pieces for for the Blazers in order to to make that happen. But what what did the Blazers put together here? Yeah, in in for them to trade a pick is really tricky because they're right. in a spot where they already owe picks uh, out in the future, so that gets kind of kind of messy for them. I, I would see like, hey, can we get you know can we do one of these picks where we almost write the languages like. You know, if we convey a pick in X, you get it two years later to avoid the stepping rule uh, complications and those kind of things. And that's that becomes kind of hard to do because it's just I think those picks are protected all the way out as far as they can go. So so that gets a little hard for Portland to do. But I, I think it's probably one of those where it's, you know, hey, what one or two of our young guys do you kind of like to do you like Trendon Watford? Do you like Jabari Walker? Can we do that? Because it's it's not going to be Shaden Sharp. It's not going to be right. this year Little, I wouldn't imagine, especially with the, the poison pill stuff with Little. So I, I just hey that that's the part. But again, Vanderbilt only makes five million or so or four something. So that is a very easy to absorb deal. So I, I'm not really sure what I would want back from them if I was Utah. I wonder if that if that becomes like a, the, the, a three-team scenario or something like Good. that. Because that's the same thing I'm running into where I'm looking at it and just try – most of the time we hear trade rumors and we can start, you know, like we like the, the Westbrook Lakers thing. We Okay, well, you know, Clarkson and Conley or Conley, Beasley, or whatever. Right? You can start doing the math and putting the pieces together. It's hard to see exactly what you would do to get there for the, for the Blazers. So mm-hmm. um, maybe we do see like a multi-team scenario or something like that going on there. Um, let's get into this one. So the Nets and the Bucks – reportedly could pursue will barton i i saw this and i thought this is is backup in in case all else fails with jay crowder that's that's what i look at this will barton obviously not the same player but just to get another wing he's fallen out of the rotation in washington particularly with the box i'm like well, is this is this kind of the the box in particular their fallback option if they can't get a deal done for Jay Crowder. I think it makes sense why they want to have kind of a, a plan B and maybe Will Barton fits that. Yeah. I think for the bucks, for sure. We've heard uh, Eric Gordon for them too. We've heard yes. uh, Boyan Bogdanovich before kind of seems like Detroit is really set a high price for him. So totally get it right. Will Barton is a guy who could make sense. He's just for those who don't follow or, or, you know, aren't as on top of it. He doesn't play for Washington. He's been out of their rotation for the last few weeks, uh, really limited minutes and then not playing at all for them. He's only played in 38 games this year, only played under 20 minutes per game. And this is a guy who for the last several seasons was a starter uh, on some pretty good Nuggets teams. And last year, 14.7 points per game, 44% 44% from the field, 36% from three, uh, about almost uh, five rebounds, almost four assists per game, really played pretty well. And now he's in an expiring contract, about $14 million or so for him. So that turns into, all right, you know, what are we doing with this? I think the money gets a little tricky for the Bucks to match. That's that's a little high um, for them, but it, there's ways they can get there for sure if they're especially one that moved Grayson Allen or somebody along those lines. And then the Nets, they're just looking for any kind of depth. I did some reporting that said 
for I did this for SB Nation that the Celtics have mutual interest with Will Barton if there's a buyout. But obviously Washington would rather trade him than buy him out. So that could scuttle any kind of buyout ideas. But I think any of these teams that are looking for another wing, somebody who can put the ball in the basket, even if it's a more of a regular season guy to get you through the last few months of the regular season, that that's why these kind of moves could make sense. All right, let's jump over to quickly becoming maybe the the big name. It's been a lot of Bogdanovich so far. Now we're moving into OG and an OB territory, and you've got the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Blazers, the Suns, Grizzlies, all capable of trading for OG and an OB. That's the rumor that's out there. We've heard that perhaps there's an offer out there that includes three first-round picks coming from the Knicks. We've questioned how real those first-round picks are. Remember, not all first-round picks are equal. Um, but nonetheless, these are all the squads. I know, Keith, you and I have talked about this. I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday uh, via text. The Grizzlies are the team that you would like to see make the move to go get OG Ananobi and kind of really make that push to come out of, of the Western Conference. Uh, w- if that's really the mix there, is that the squad that you see ultimately winning this OG Ananobi competition if and indeed the Raptors decide to move him? Yeah, it gets a little tricky because of the picks portion there. Because I think if you're Toronto, what you're bidding on is Memphis kind of becomes that small market team where they can't keep everybody and things just, you know, they have their nice run of three years. But four, five, six years down the line, when you have their picks, you're feeling a lot better about those picks because they're maybe in a reset uh, phase. But if I'm Memphis, like they're super close, man, that they are like right there. And I think the biggest problem teams have is they look at it and say, all right, you know, our best players are in their early 20s and we've got all these guys under team control or signed to long term contracts. Our window is going to be open for the next six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. That's just not how it works in the NBA. Windows are generally about a four, maybe five-year proposition at best. And if you're the Grizzlies, I think you're probably a couple years into that window already being open. So if you're close, and they are, they're probably one guy away, go get them. The other thing with the Grizzlies is have all their own draft picks. They have an extra pick coming from the Warriors. They also have um, a very full roster because of all the guys that they've drafted in the past few years. So it starts to turn into, you're going to run out of roster spots here. You can't pay everybody. So why not make that kind of move to really kind of go all in? They've got the matching salaries. They can give a couple interesting kids to the Raptors to kind of say, Hey, here's a couple guys you can maybe grow forward with, uh, with this. And then go get yourself a guy like imagine rolling out at the end of games, Jaron Jackson, Jr. OG and an OB, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and John Morant as your closing five. Like that's pretty good. Like you're you're gonna have a probably a somewhat difficult time scoring on that team. There's enough shooting and scoring to go the other way and put points up. So I, I think them, but it's a very interesting list of teams. And again, to go back to it, makes about 17 million or so this year. So for Ananobi, very easily moved uh, contract, very easily tradable. Yeah, he could be, and he's a pretty easy fit. A lot of places, There's you could look at any of these teams and say, oh, well, he'd be a great fit here or there or, or wherever. But I, I do agree, and I think that when you look at the Grizzlies right now, you look at the situation they're in, you got to look at history. Remember OKC? Remember OKC when we said, well, oh, they lost in the finals, but you know what? They'll be back. They'll be back. They'll yep. be back. They've got, you know, their window is 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 wide open there and they never got back 
and they never got back. Like you have to take advantage when the opportunity presents itself. And it could be, you know, looking at the West, looking at how much parity is in the West right now, and especially looking at, look, the Grizzlies have lost recently to the Warriors. And if that is still the team, and we don't know if it is, but maybe that's still the team come playoff time that they have to get past. They've got to be feeling like, hey, we could use a little bit extra to to get there. And yeah, one and more wing be, that can defend, make some exactly. shots. We can throw out there and, against, yeah, against the Golden States, the Phoenixes, the Denver's, the Clippers. Exactly. Like, yeah. And let me let me ask you this too, Dylan Brooks. Obviously, the incident last night, um, ridiculous. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but if you didn't see what happened, go look. You just go search Dylan Brooks and you're going to see what happened um, on the court. He can shoot you out of games, right? That's, that's what we see him as. Ananobi could be Dylan Brooks insurance in a way. Mm-hmm. You have one of those nights where it's clear Dylan Brooks doesn't have it. You've got Ananobi right there. I'm not saying that Ananobi should take a backseat to Dylan Brooks or anything like that, but just to have that other wing to lean on where you don't, hey, Dylan Brooks, he's he's having one of those four for 16 nights tonight. We don't have to go back to him. OG can can be that guy that we can lean on on the wing. We've got other options there. I think that could wind up being important come playoff time. Yeah, I think, too, Dylan Brooks, free agent after the season. Uh, that's also a factor that I think you need to look at. He's also pretty good insurance if uh, Desmond Bain, who openly said, hey, this foot thing's just something I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of the year. It's not going to heal until till I get off my feet this summer. So if he needs to miss another week or two, you're you're pretty well covered. So, yeah, there, there's a – I mean, I get it. If you're Memphis, you're looking at and saying, man, our whole team, other than Steven Adams, Tyus Jones, and now Danny Green, we drafted these guys. We developed these guys. Like we do this. This is what we do. We we find guys who fit and we coach them up into be being really good players. And that turns into all right, where are we going? So that's where I think it's uh it can be really hard, but you just you can't get too precious with your own guys because they're your guys. You have to be open to making moves when players come available. And the thing that's tough is you're not going to get an OG and an OB available very often that you are in position to go get because of the combination of the contract, you having the picks, you having the talent, all that stuff. Like you, you got to kind of strike when the iron is hot on that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, one of my favorites, Bones Highland. I, you notice he got he picked up a, a DNP coach's decision recently. Um, is he is this is this it with him and, and Denver? Is he really going to be on the move? It sounds like he's asked for more minutes for more playing time. They don't like what he's doing defensively, or more specific, uh, specifically, what he's not doing defensively. It's not often that you get a, a player as young as him, as new in the in the league, that's had success that. You know, he's going to be in the, the Rising Stars Challenge and, and all of that. And it seems like he's very available right now. So where does he go? Like, where, where's the landing spot for Bones Highland? Yeah, that's the it's the second part that is really interesting, because if he's not happy on the first place team in the Western Conference, exactly playing about 20 minutes a night. I, where is he going to be happy, right? Like, Because I don't know that he's a starter, and I don't know how many teams are going to view him as like, yeah, this guy's our, bring him in and he'll start for us. And then that means, all right, so you're going into a backup role on, because Denver's the second best record in the league right now, or third best, The you're going to very likely to a worse team 
And then what? So that's, I think that if you're the, the, uh, acquiring team here for Bones Highland. You have to be really careful. This would be almost one where I bet you there will be some form of uh, whether it's a authorized or non-authorized conversation of, hey, if we make this, he's not going to be a problem, right? He's going to come in and be cool with, you know, whatever role we give him. Uh, teams that were mentioned as interested are the Wolves. Um, that that was uh, Chris Stein and Mark Haynes. <laughs> I did that backwards. Chris Haynes <laughs> and Mark Stein. Um, yeah, flip, flip that, reverse it, uh, Willy Wonka style. Um, they, so Chris Haynes and Mark Stein, we're talking about that. And then uh, one of the things that they mentioned in there was, but is there some residual bad feelings of the way Tim Connolly left? Might they say, yeah, yeah. we're not trading you, Bones Highland. Uh, they mentioned that, which is an interesting subplot. And then the Charlotte Hornets, which kind of jumped out as like, wait, what? But I think the Hornets are in the mode of, hey, we're in kind of, let's go get young talent. Uh, and if we lose Terry Rozier, uh, LaMelo Ball is big enough that you can play a smaller guard next to him and be just fine um, with, with you know the way you set things up and those sorts of things. So I'm um, very, very curious. But I am going to guess he's not a nugget this time next week. He'll have gotten moved at the trade deadline. It just feels that way. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So at least we know something is going to happen at the trade. We're not going to get that. that well, we're getting a Jay Crowder thing. trade at the very, very yes. least. That will happen. Jay Crowder and Bones Highland. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Jay Crowder for Bones Highland. Call it in and call it done. Oh God. <laughs> we we need other things. We need, we right? need Jay Crowder in like a three team trade, Bones Highland and a deal. Somewhere, right. Just to make it more interesting. If it winds up being Jay Crowder for, for Bones Highland and that's all that I have, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry if that, right? that's the only thing that, that happens. Um, all right, let's let's get back into this is a, a this one is is interesting. So, we've got the Lakers, the Heat, the Knicks, and the Mavs are interested in Zach Levine. Uh, we talked Lakers already a little bit about uh, with the Jazz and whether or not you can add a bunch of pieces um, to to make a trade work. Now you'd be going after kind of like a one big player right in Zach Levine what are our thoughts like is he even going to be available does Chicago want to move Zach Levine and should these teams be interested in him if if they do decide to move yeah so it's that first part that we really don't have any idea on it's anybody you're talking to is you know I tweeted this earlier today but within five minutes it's like what do you think the Raptors are going to do most of those conversations then turn to what about the Bulls like yeah What's happening there too? It was the Wizards until they went on this uh, 
crazy six game win streak to all of a sudden they're good, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, but it's the, the bulls are right there. So who knows what's going to happen with Zach Levine? Um, it's funny. I saw, I know Bobby Marks and Zach Lowe both get kind of crushed on Twitter a little bit uh, yesterday yeah. because they both tweeted versions of uh, Russell Westbrook and picks and stuff for Zach Levine. And the, the, the general thought process was it lets the bulls really reset and then obviously Zach Levine the kind of star power to the Lakers I I in I thought it was a little unfair how much people crush them for that because Zach Levine is if he plays 65 games a year he's fine right then you feel really good about that number that starts trending down to 45 games a year all of a sudden that contract starts to look real ugly real quick and that that's one of the problems um that you can have now if you're the lakers or the heat you don't have a lot of other ways out right so if you're basically saying like hey we're we're gonna really kind of reset this i get it the knicks feel a little weird in this spot i I don't i get i guess i just don't fully understand like where that would you know be coming from i i just feel like that's maybe like old residual knicks star hunting uh follow like carry over from the old days uh Where the they Mavs, just get automatically slotted in exactly every right yeah it used to yeah. be the knicks always yeah um it just feels like that's not who they have been you know over the last few years and then the mavs you get it right because it's been we gotta get that second star around luca how do we get it so i i fully understand and, and i don't have a huge issue if any of these teams want to go that way you just have to be very prepared of you know, if you're the Lakers or the Heat, right, who are having some issues right now with Westbrook and with Kyle Lowry, you're probably in Lowry is got one more year left on his deal after this year. You have to be prepared that all right, Zach Levine's an upgrade over either guy today, but two, three years from now, we might be having the exact same conversation again. Now, if oh, you're having oh, it after you made a finals run. You don't really care, right? We'll have that conversation. Who cares? But it is very, very interesting to me to see where this goes. I thought Zach Lowe put it well with, um, you know, he doesn't think the Bulls will blow it up completely. It's not going to be they trade Levine and DeRozan and Vucevic and really start over. He's like, if anything, it'd be one of those three guys. And I think that's probably more likely the way this goes, if that even happens at all. Well, let me let me ask you this because this was the issue that I saw most in that that hypothetical trade that was out there. It was that Lonzo Ball's salary was going back to yeah. in, in Mike, and what I'm going to see most on my timeline is is the Lakers, of course, but um, that they were using Zach Levine to not only pick up two unprotected first round picks or two first round picks. I think there may have been light protections on one of them or something like that, but um, but also to offload Lonzo Ball's salary. Is he enough of a negative to where? teams would be in stay away mode from, from Zach Levine at that point, because we don't know, like, I feel like this is trending towards Lonzo ball is not playing this year. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see him play this year at all. I, I mean, he still can't run without pain. Billy Donovan openly said like, Hey, we need to see him run without pain and then do it again the next day. And then the next day, and then the next day, and then we can start talking about it. Uh, there was some reporting this, this just this week of, They've relooked and they they can't find anything physically wrong in the, in the knee anymore. So it seems now to be like kind of a mystery as to why he's still having this continued pain. So that's a long way to say, yeah, that's a bad contract right now. Like that's just because because you're you would be trading for him with the just either you really really want Zach Levine and you're willing to hey let that ride along with him or the idea of 
right, we think we can get Lonzo right and we can get him on the court and it'll really work out well for us, you know, if we do. So that's where that becomes kind of tricky. Now, if I'm the Lakers, I'm not going to let that, if I really believe like Zach Levine's my guy, like yeah, I think he's the perfect fit alongside AD and LeBron, I'm not letting Lonzo be the tag along come because you don't have cap space anyway in the next couple of years. So what do you care? Right. Unless, unless all of a sudden they get extremely cheap in the front office and say, nope, we can't, we, we can't sign anybody and we're going to, you know, play silly roster games and everything else all the way because of taxes. All right. That I can't argue too much, but if you get Levine, I mean, you're capped out for the next couple of years. And by that point, when you're ready to maybe start having different conversations, LeBron's off the books, Lonzo's off the books and everything can be reset fairly easily anyway. So I would not let that hesitate if I'm the Lakers, if I'm, Dallas or New York and I, or even Miami because they, they're in a weird spot uh, mm-hmm. roster wise, I would probably have a little bit more pause, but the Lakers just, it, it doesn't make sense that that would not be the thing that kill it for me. I would be more concerned about, can I take on Zach Levine in four years and you know $200 million or whatever it is. Yeah. And how confident am I that Zach Levine is that guy is the right fit mm-hmm. versus doing you know something else like, you know, something like with Utah, where you get three or four guys that you're confident mm-hmm. or at least rotation players and, and then go from there. So yeah. different options there, potentially. If, if again, we don't know, but if the Bulls put Zach Levine on the market. Whoa. Right. Whoa. We need to hit the button. I'm sure this is real. Uh, it's not a trade, but let's. All right. This is real. Oh, from Sham Sharania. Breaking news. Brooklyn Nets all-star Kyrie Irving has requested a trade. I've seen this too. The franchise Whoa. has been informed that Irving prefers to move on ahead of the February 9th trade deadline or will leave in free agency in July. What Whoa. in the world? <laughs> Holy moly. Okay, I we I need to process that for Pause a moment. The show, baby. <laughs> like, holy oh my goodness. goodness. Wonderful uh, radio we're doing here with these uh right? you know, exasperated yells and everything else. But they they just like a week ago was Kyrie wants to extend. Yeah, what like, what, what happened? happened? <laughs> is is this just Kyrie being Kyrie or what I I mean I don't know. That's like what in the world? Like that it's I don't get that. Like, I, I, what a circus that team is. Like, you you can't even be normal for a month. Okay. Like, you, all right. So, so let's let's think here. Let's kind of read between the lines here. So, Kyrie wanted an extension like a week ago. Supposedly, <laughs> yeah. Right, and now he's demanding a trade. Does that does that inform us that perhaps those extension talks didn't go well? Maybe, maybe the like, Nets were. You know, hey, we'll we'll do it, but not. Not as long as you want, right? Maybe that could be the thing. Maybe he wants that full four-year kind right. of uh, situation, and the Nets were, yeah, we're good. What we'll do two because I, I, I was getting the feeling the Nets were not like, hey, let's lock into you for four more years and see what madness comes out of this. You know, three weeks from now, I, I had the sense that they were very much of, hey, we'll do it because I mean, here's the thing. And I, and I hope everybody understands this. He is a wonderful basketball player and absolutely oh, sure. amazing. And Woj is now uh, tweeting the same thing. So, all right. We've no, now, now we're not even playing the source off anymore. Right. So this no. is obviously a thing. Right. So um, it, it's, it, he is a wonderful basketball player when all he does is play basketball. 
the problem is that's for like weeks at a time and then it becomes something entirely different so i i don't know man i i i i God bless the team that signs up for this and says, Let, let's, let's lock in and, and may, you know, you're, you're our guy going forward because, Hey, take it from somebody who's been there, done that. It's it, it, it that may change very, very quickly. It, so this is Kyrie requested a trade last summer, right? Like that, that was happening. First it was, it was, Oh, he's going to sign an extension. Then it's, he requests a trade. Then he withdrew his trade and it was all mixed in with the Kevin Durant thing. Okay, no, the Nets are going to keep Kyrie, and Kyrie's happy. And then they, they, they've been playing – he's been playing phenomenal basketball. He's been amazing. Um, it's looking good for the Nets. They've been winning games. It's he wants to sign an extension. Now suddenly he wants out. What? Where does he go? Like, what, I know, who, I, honestly, I just I just started, you know, scrolling through. I, I don't know. I, I – I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be snarky and do this to you, but I, I feel like he wants to be with the Lakers. Maybe like, is that like, like LeBron is enough to kind of, cause there was all that comments when they just played like, what was that yeah. earlier this week or whenever it was of like him and LeBron and how much LeBron meant to him. And he should have listened to LeBron more. And there was the, the whole you know, love fest there and everything. I, but like, if I'm the Lakers, like, I think I'm probably like, nah, I'm good. Let's trade Russ for Conley and <laughs> Malik Beasley and <laughs> just flush out our depth and let's, keep. Let's get, let's get Mike Conley like the steadiest of all veterans yeah. out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, 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 we're, we're good. Like, th- thanks, but no thanks. You know, you, you do you uh, over there on that side of things, but it's so hard because again, I mean, I, I'm not trying to just repeat the same point. He's an incredible basketball player. He's so good, but it's just all the nonsense that comes with him. You know who maybe should take the swing and just say, we're going all in on this madness and let's go. And if it doesn't work, we'll just hit a big reset in a year. The LA Clippers. Why not? Oh, because you could get their money wise. Very easy. They need a point guard. They need a point. This day we're doing it. We're, we're going to say, forget it. We're, we're, we'll see. And if this all goes, you know, sideways on us, we'll, we'll just start all over again. Put like, Kyrie with Paul George and, and Kawhi. And then mm-hmm. probably let, trade, you know, you're, yeah, you're trading out a couple role players around that. They've got a tradable pick down the line. If that's what they need to do um, for the net side of this, what do the nets do here? I mean, nobody is you, no one are sellers. So, I mean, if you're you can't just saying, get picks though. Yeah, that's the tough thing because then because you if you just get picks, the next thing that's coming, the next tweet that's coming out from one of the Kevin big Durant insiders is Kevin Durant wants out exactly, yep. and then that's going to turn into a whole circus. But if you're like, hey, we can hit a soft reset on this, and we can get a couple guys back. Uh, we can maybe clear up our books a little bit. KD, you'll well, who do you want? Who do you want to play with next year? We'll try to make that happen and all those things. I just, I, I'm, I shouldn't get surprised by this stupid league anymore, but it just does. It surprises <laughs> me every damn day with some absolute madness that comes out. I just, unbelievable. This is crazy. I mean, here we are. It's a Friday. It's a Friday show. We're getting ready to head off for the week. We're weekend almost like everything. at the end of the show, too. We have like two topics and, left. And boom, there's there's Kyrie requesting a trade. 
Uh, Keith, I-, I could say this from seeing the reaction on Lakers Twitter. The general consensus is all in uh, on go get Kyrie right now. Do it, Rob. And your message would be be careful what you wish for. Yeah, just be careful. I- I- I'm guessing he ends up with the Lakers. That's just a get. That's a complete just guess. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it turns out because I don't Keith see is Russ. not talking to any sources right now. Or no, anything no, no, like no. That. We, yeah, just we, a complete guess. Yeah. All right. Chris Haynes just tweeted. We know Chris has been all over Kyrie Irving yep. stuff in the past um, has requested a trade. We knew that part. This comes in, in the aftermath of sides unable to get an extension done. So it was so there. There's that extra detail that makes, makes sense. Um, So, I can't imagine Russ being the piece that goes to 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 Brooklyn because I to because to that point that's like a, hey we're just like, you know we're we're kind of hitting pause right now we're probably going to be not great the rest of this season and then yeah we'll we'll figure it out after that but if this could be where maybe Russ goes to Utah and Brooklyn gets a whole bunch of stuff from uh you know from from uh, the Jazz and the Jazz are the ones who ends up with the picks and that's how you build this out yeah um, not saying. Pops jumping in to start helping out the Lakers anytime soon, but San Antonio sitting there on 26 plus million in cap cap space. Uh, Indiana still has 10 million in cap space after the Turner, our renegotiation and extension. So you, there are ways you can make all of this start to work without it being a direct Kyrie to the Lakers, Russ and stuff to, to the nets. Cause that's the only way you can make it work reasonably is if you were to send Russ to the Nets. There's other constructions you can do, but nobody does a seven for one trade in season. It's just, it's not a thing. It's too hard to to pull off. So yeah, I don't know, man, this is is madness. So let me give you a little inside baseball. Okay. We were, I was, I'm like a self-edit away from submitting a piece on what what Kyrie Irving's extension possibilities with the Nets could look like. Oh. So, yeah, that's what I spent a good chunk of my morning doing. So, that's yeah, super psyched that'll never see the light of day, but it's uh, you know, the sacrifices we make to keep the content machine plugging that's, along. That that oh, that's true. That is that's that's the worst feeling. That's the worst I, it's one of the worst feelings in the in this business. Um second only maybe to recording an important interview or something and then finding out that <laughs> the audio is ruined or something yeah. like that. It's one of those types of feelings where it's like you put in all this work and she's not there. Um, awful. So the nets, they, they're not even in a position necessarily where, I mean, I guess they could. So I could, could <laughs> this the is, nets... sorry, this is a funny tweet. I believe this is Kyrie's league leading six breaking storyline of the season. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start, have to start yeah. tracking this. Um, yeah, right? Then the Nets, if Kyrie tells them specifically, I'm leaving this summer, and I don't know how many which, landing spots that's there the are. Reporting about, is that's what he said, which is what he's saying. They have to trade him, they right? I mean, to. I guess they, yeah. I guess they, they could say it's Kyrie. He's going to change his mind in two weeks again, and he'll be and he'll be happy, and we're just going to ride this out. They could, but if he is specifically saying. I'm leaving in July. Goodbye. You have to trade him. You let's do. To. Let's do one of every everybody's fun uh, segments on front office show. Keith does math on the fly. Yeah, they still can't realistically get to cap space this this summer, even if they they take him out of the mix. So, yeah, you're not even just saying, "Hey, see ya." Like, well, 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 oh, we'll, we'll live with right. KD and a whole bunch of cap space. Like, that's not a not a thing. I mean, and the reason why is. 
$47.6 million for KD, $37.9 million for Ben Simmons. That's pretty rough. And $19.9 million for Joe Harris. That, that Those are all next year's numbers. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, you have to trade them. I mean, you have to. You, you, you can't not, right? Because, yeah. I mean, here's my thing, though, is if I'm the Nets, I mean, I, the question I'm being asked is, like, where are you going this summer that we're not going to help you get to? Because unless you're taking a crap ton less than your max from the Lakers, maybe it's Kyrie. So who knows? It, it, it wouldn't shock me if Kyrie showed up in July if the Nets didn't trade him. Was like I signed a, a league minimum deal with the Lakers just because he's Kyrie because he does weird, crazy stuff all the time. Yeah. But you're in a spot where it is you cool. You sign him with Orlando. No. Are you going to go to Charlotte? Probably not. San Antonio, imagine that being the way Pop wants to spend his last couple years in the league, dealing with that circus every day. Like, if maybe if the Spurs wanted Pop to retire, they'd be like, "Hey, we're making a play for Kyrie." I, I just, I'm. This is just my my brain's a little broken on this one. Clippers, man, Clippers, go do it. Go make the play. Go, go make it happen. Why not? You have literally nothing to lose because. If this doesn't go great for the Clippers in this year or next, you have to start thinking about pitting reset on that whole thing anyway. Because you can't just keep rolling out this team that plays hard for 45 games a season and calls it good and then doesn't get it done in the playoffs. Um, so uh, in my my Lakers Nation group text, somebody somebody made the, the point that the Lakers are talking Westbrook trade with the Jazz – Kyrie Irving is demanding out of uh, out of Brooklyn. We're right back in July of 2022. All over. We've we've gone back in time. We, we, we've got. We just, we we just need DeLorean. a. We need to re, re, rewind the Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown rumors, and we're. I'm gonna we're, I'm gonna dust right off the Kevin there. cannon. I might as well. <laughs> and so this is just to give you the sense. I'm you know, I'm, I'm looking at Tweet Deck, which is scrolling pre- pretty quickly here on this. There is a bunch of um, you know, stuff that is like it's it's different beat writers like quote mm-hmm. tweeting people who are from fans of their team that are like, hey, what about this trade? And it's a whole bunch of them saying, I am not touching a Kyrie trade. <laughs> like everybody is <laughs> like saying basically the same thing. So, and you know what's funny? If they do it, all those same people hand up. Man, I was like, even I was all the way up until that box playoff series is like, Harry's not leaving. Why would, why would he leave Boston? Like everything's so good there. And yeah. I was, and I looked like a moron like a month later. So I, oh boy, what a Friday now. Hey, at least, at least, at least whatever weekend plans we had are, you know, out the window. Yeah. Right. I <laughs> sitting, I, sitting there, there goes my Costco run. Yeah, um, there it is, man. Yep. Holy moly. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what grocery delivery service you have have coming, but I guess you uh, uh, can um, yeah. <laughs> can just sign up for that and get it delivered. So, oh yeah, oh boy. Okay. Well, we should. We were gonna talk all stars, but yeah. let's just let's just leave it here. Yeah, that's but... it. He's an all star in a couple. Weeks. I was gonna. <laughs> that's my segue into the all star segment. Was Kyrie oh, Kyrie Irving all star now on the trade market? Uh, I'll give you my right, only can... all star take very very quick. Yeah. Paul George is not an all-star this year. That That's the only one of those picks that I thought was kind of egregious. Everybody else totally get it. I had a couple different picks from, from ones that were there, but Paul George is the only one where I'm like, ah, that one I don't fully understand. 
I was a bit surprised that Randall made it. Not so much that more that if there was a Nick that made it, I was surprised it wasn't Jalen Brunson and that it was it was yeah. Julius Randall. Um, but but yeah, the Paul George thing as well was a bit surprising. Um, you, you know, people are all there's always going to be all star snubs, and so I, I tend to not get too upset about any any of that. But um, this league, Keith, this league, yeah, what yeah, is happening? yeah, I just yeah, well, what okay, so then. So that means Kyrie's going to have a different jersey in the All-Star game. All right. Yeah, Assuming he gets traded. So, I, all right, let's before we, we before we leave off, we'd be remiss if I if we didn't talk about just this. Just big we've been talking all about the trade market. Everybody's waiting for Toronto. What's Toronto going to do? What does this mean for the market as a whole? Or is this or is this something so separate that may, that it doesn't have a big impact? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if the Clippers were the ones to jump in or if the Lakers did something with this, it does change the market because those are two big teams that we're all kind of expecting to do something else um, with this so that, that that could really be kind of a major shift in the way the deadline looks moving forward um, for other teams. Does this though turn into like, then does it turn into, Oh crap. Team X got Kyrie. Yeah. All right, Toronto. Here's three first for OG. Cause everybody if, else starts, you, you start the arms race, right? We'll all have to load up now. Cause no, if, nobody if it's wants the Clippers, to, to that's what's going to happen. It, you have to, right? Because if you're, yep. if you're the, the Grizzlies or the Nuggets or the, sons or the warriors you have to really start thinking about all right you know where are we gonna go unless you feel like yeah, that's funny he'll get there he'll he'll be happy for about a month and a half it'll all fall apart by the first round and, and that's probably not the worst bet in the world either right just given history with this but holy cow i mean yeah this is huge and, and you know less than a week from the deadline too that like we've got this because i don't think this was on anybody's like radar of like things that were going to be said on you know friday afternoon less than a week from the trade deadline so yeah pr pr pretty huge i think you know if this gets done and and if you're the nets i you know if, if the reporting is accurate that he's literally said i am leaving this summer you have to right and and my guess is with chris haynes subsequent reporting of no extensions getting done which to me says the nets are like we're not signing up for four or five years of this like we right. cannot do it um then my guess is Kyrie's answer was then trade me because I'm out and yeah. now now here here we are so yeah I have a feeling uh you and I may be doing a, a show uh this weekend I have a feeling we may <laughs> emergency show we just may and um I think that's going to be my uh my out of going to a, a kid's birthday party tomorrow so uh perfect <laughs> That, that that should work out very nicely. Thank you, um, yeah. thank you, NBA. What 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 a league! What a league! All well right, done. let's let's wrap things up there. Holy moly! Okay, well, make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office Show over on YouTube, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, because you never know what's going to happen around the if NBA. It, we'll keep you up to date on everything. If a Kyrie trade goes down and we are able, we'll do that as a live show. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely go live and just whenever, if it's, you know, Sunday afternoon, you know, no football this weekend. So, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that, that'll be our uh, entertainment Sunday afternoon as they take the uh, week off ahead of the uh, Super Bowl. So, so we'll see. But yeah, man, what a, 
What a day. What a day. What a league. What a league. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a great weekend. I know we're all going to be on pins and needles. We'll be right there with you. See ya and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.